0: Praise God, are you ready to hear what God has to say to you today? Praise God. I hope you take the posture that this message isn't for anybody else in the whole room, it's just for me. And I hope that's your posture today, that all week long, God has prepared a message specifically just for you. That's it. Amen? So let's pray, and then let's hear what God has to say. Amen? Father, we thank you for this amazing day. We thank you for the truth of your word, and I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name that you have something to say to us today, and it's something important. It's something impactful. It's something that is specific just to each one of us here in this room. I pray, Father God, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you have to say to us, and I pray, Father God, that our heart would not be closed off to anything that you want to talk about. But our heart would be open and receptive to have a conversation with you. Father, we're asking you right now, if there are areas in our life that need to be corrected and adjusted, then correct it. Adjust it for us. Father, if there's areas in our lives that, that, Father God, we have, uh, not not on purpose, but we've taken different steps. Father, just adjust our steps, adjust our pathway. Father, we're asking you in Jesus' name, speak directly into our heart. Father, we give you permission to talk to us today. Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen? Amen. I do want to thank Pastor Mickey Torres, who's already standing up, praise God. Pastor Mickey spoke uh, a couple of weeks in a row just in regards to uh, healthy families and healthy marriages, having uh, healthy children. Uh, healthy, not just physically, but spiritually. And can I tell you this? Healthy families equate to a healthy church, and I believe this with all of my heart. If the families start getting healthy on a core level, it'll change our very community. Amen. That's true. So this is a passion point of ours. So we were talking again about purpose for UFit, and I know for him and his wife, it is a massive, uh, God-given purpose to speak into other couples' lives and help them to have the healthiest marriage and family that they can possibly have. So I love to be able to share that gifting and anointing with you guys. So thank you, sir, for speaking. And uh, last week, in case you missed it for Mother's Day, uh, my wife spoke, and I thought she did an incredible job. So if you missed that, I do want to encourage you, you can go to our on demand uh, go to thelife.org. Uh, you can go to our on demand and you can watch the service uh, because I think she is an amazing speaker. And I know that she doesn't speak very often, but when she does, man, it is deeply, deeply impactful. So here's what that tells me I've got to speak for about three weeks and I'm ready to speak. So are you ready to hear? All right, so here's what I want. I want us to have a conversation over these next couple of weeks. And, and I want it to be sincerely that. I want it to be conversation, and I want it to be very thought-provoking in you. And, and it's all going to hinge around this one phrase. Our, our conversation over these next couple of weeks is going to hinge around this one phrase, and it's this: Who knows best in your life? Who knows best? And and I'm going to challenge you really to think this stuff through. So as we're having this conversation, and and we're bouncing things off of each other, and and I believe that God wants to speak something into your life, I want to sincerely ask you, who knows best for you? Is it your parents? Do they know best? Can, can, uh, Can we agree with this? Well, some of you may agree with this, some of you may not. I think my parents meant well, but I will say this. My parents didn't get everything right. I don't know if yours did. They didn't get it all right. There was a couple of things that I look back and I'm like, "Eh, (laughs) I'm not so sure about that. You know, my, my dad came from the 70s era, and he was just convinced with the bell bottoms and the, the plaid butterfly collars and, and the platform shoes, and there came a point where it's like, Dad, I hate to tell you this, but you're missing the boat. That, that ship sank like a decade ago. I know that there were times that they were doing their best, but based off of their own circumstances, their own hurts and wounds. There were things that I know they would have done differently if they had the chance to do it over. Can, can we agree with that? Can we agree that there are things that we would do over now that we have the hindsight of already going through it? But again, my question to you is who knows best for you? Is it your parents? Is it your coworkers? You know, sometimes your coworkers seem to have a lot of influence because you hear them in your ear eight hours a day. How about your boss? Does he have a lot of influence? Does he know best? Do your children know best? Let's point the finger a little bit more inward. Do you think you know best for you? Listen, I can tell you this growing up and growing up with absentee parents, again, not necessarily because that was their choice, Uh, it's what they had to do for us to survive. But then once they divorced, You know what, I kind of just figured out how to live life by myself and survive by myself. But that doesn't mean that's the most healthiest thing for us to do. That just may be your experience. I I know you've heard this before, but you're going to hear it about a hundred times over again. Your experience is your experience, but that doesn't make it truth. It just makes it your experience. But what we tend to do is we tend to take our experiences... And then make that a baseline of truth that that's how it's always gonna be. That doesn't make it truth, it just makes it your experience. So, who knows best? Is it you? Because sometimes that's just how we've had to roll. I know my mom didn't choose to be divorced, she had to figure it out after the fact. Is it you that knows best? Is it people around you that know best? But let me throw somebody else into the equation. Does God know best? No, whoa, 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 before you answer way too quickly. Because what's about to happen is you might incriminate yourself. Because if God knows best, then the reality is there are some things we're probably not doing because we don't really believe that on a heart level. Hey, listen, we know the right words to say. We all can speak Christianese pretty well. Can we agree with that? Amen. Hey, listen, come on. Let, let's have a again, this is supposed to be a conversation. As anybody, and please don't raise your hand. <laughs> but as anybody fought like cats and dogs all the way until the until the parking lot and, and you see, you know, somebody like waving you in, like you're gonna have a great day, and, and all of a sudden it's like, oh man, we bet. Yes. I, I'm so glad I'm here today. <laughs> Come on, we all know the right way to look, the right way to act, but that doesn't do anything for God. We can play those charades all day long and God sees right through it. I want us to consider that phrase, who knows best, because I'm going I'm to push on you a little bit and I'm going to challenge you a little bit. So Hebrews eleven, eleven. I want you to look at that. Uh, If you don't have your Bible with you, we'll have it up on the screen. But Hebrews 11, um, I know this just from school, but Hebrews 11 is considered the hall of faith. But in Hebrews 11, verse 11, this is about one girl, Sarah, Abraham's wife. But the beautiful part is this is Sarah's verse. This has nothing to do with Abraham. This has nothing to do with Isaac. This has nothing to do with Ishmael. This has nothing to do with anybody else. This verse is all about Sarah. Come on, this woman's got her own verse dedicated just to her. And I love that. I love seeing women that are strong, that are not afraid to stand up and be used by God just the same as anybody else. I respect it. And, and, I, and I understand kind of how society is. And, and I'm not talking about a, a, a woman's rights, women's lib thing. I'm talking about somebody that knows who they are in Christ Amen. and are not afraid to walk that out. And that's, that's Sarah right here. So let's read this. By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, in case you don't know the backstory of Abraham and Sarah, Abraham wanted to have a child, and he was promised a child by God. But listen, Abraham's now nearing 100 years old. And, and listen, you, didn't, you don't have to be a doctor, and you didn't have to stay at the Holiday Inn Express last night to realize that's past the childbearing years. He's at 100. Sarah's at 90. And how many of you women can agree the clock done stopped a long time ago, decades ago. There hasn't been a menstrual cycle in years. There are no eggs flowing through here. Those days are long gone. But she was promised a child. And so in this verse, it says this, by faith, Sarah herself, receive the strength to conceive See, I, I broke this verse down and I looked up every single word in the Greek. The New Testament's written in the Greek. And I want to point this out. It says, by faith, Sarah. And that, that uh, word faith there in the Greek is the word pistis. And it means this. It means a belief, a trust, a confidence, a reassurance, a faithfulness that it will happen. Come on, it's a belief system. That says, listen, I don't know what it looks like to you. I don't know what it feels like to you. But I believe and I trust that this is going to happen regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what past history has said. I trust and believe and I am firmly persuaded and confident that this will happen. That's the kind of faith that the Greek is putting forth. This is a resoluteness. It's a trust. It's a concrete resolution. This is going to happen. By faith. Listen, this isn't the Christianese version of just, I oh, am yeah, by faith. <laughs> no, this is a firm, confident, resolute, I am not moving off of this spot until it happens. Yeah. By faith. Now, here's what I love about this, though. So, look at that fourth word right there. The scripture makes a point to say, herself. Why? Because this ain't about her spouse. Hey, listen, don't don't sit there during service and elbow your spouse like, do you hear that? Come on, do you hear that? No, this isn't about your spouse. This isn't about who's in front of you or behind you. This isn't about your neighbor, your boss, your co-worker. This is all about something that this woman discovered herself and him. Nobody else. And the scripture makes a point to point it out. By faith, this resolute confidence Sarah discovered something all by herself. This didn't have anything to do with uh, the the spouse like pushing and prodding and forcing. And and... now, can I tell you this? I've never once sat in a counseling session with a couple and ever heard like a woman say, you know what? He just yelled at me and screamed at me and berated me and just gave it to me up one side and down the other. And after 30 minutes of that, I realized he was right. (laughs) I've never heard that. It's never worked out that way. You know, he just nagged me so much that I finally decided I would. Those conversations don't happen. But it is the reality. I discovered something, and it wasn't because you were nagging me or pushing me or prodding me. I discovered something between me and him. So here's the the neat part. It says, by faith, this resolute confidence, she receives strength to conceive seed. Now that word strength, I love this, because in the Greek, that word strength is the word dunamis. And it is where we get our English word for dynamite. It's explosive. It's powerful. It's strong. It's all those things. And what happens is this. This confident, resolute faith starts to build up and it's explosive in what it can do. This strength arose and listen, it wasn't this pansy like pushover kind of strength. It was a resolute like, come on, the waves may come and they may be big but I'm not going to be bowled over and just rolled up in the waves. I'm going to stand here and they still may hit but I'm not moving off of this spot. A strength to say, Listen, I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. So I don't care how long it takes, but I'm going to be right here. It's that word dunamis. So what happens is this. Man, this, this faith, this resoluteness caused... A strength. And the Bible does this all the time. It gives us both natural application and spiritual application. And here's the beautiful part she received the strength to conceive seed, to receive it. So, both naturally, long after the biological clock had stopped ticking, she was able to receive the seed of her husband, but she was also spiritually able to receive the miracle that it would take. To facilitate her having a child in her 90s. Man, can you just say this with me? God is faithful. All right, now say it like you've got some resolute faith and trust and confidence. God is faithful. Man, God is faithful. Mm. God is faithful. Yes. Come on. I'll take a clap. Yeah, I've got to preach in three weeks. Listen, God is faithful. Can I tell you this? Man, the opposite is this, man, when I don't have that strength, and listen, when the waves of life hit, I just get bowled over and rolled up and just, I'm in that kind of washing machine where I just cycle through issue after, issue after issue after issue after issue, and I can't figure it out. And I kind of turn into this whiny crybaby Christian because why is life so difficult and I can't believe this is happening? Why? Because I don't have any strength. I don't have any strength to stand man when the waves come i just i get knocked over that's what happens but listen sarah discovered the ability to receive so how how did she do it it says it right here in the verse because she judged him faithful who had promised and, and again you guys may not know the story so i just i want to make sure i don't leave anybody out but here's the story she's in her 90s The Scripture tells us two gentlemen came up. Abraham believed them to be angels. He asked them to stay. I'll let you decide if they were or not. But one spoke to them both and said, by this time next year, you'll have a son. And listen, Sarah's in her 90s. She's in the other room kind of eavesdropping. I know no women can relate to that, but she's in the other room kind of eavesdropping. Sorry about that. That was a subtle dig right there. My bad. She's over in the other room, eavesdropping, and then all of a sudden, here's what happens. The scripture says she laughed. (laughs) I'm going to have a baby. I'm in my 90s. (laughs) Scripture says she laughed. Now, listen, whether they heard it or not, or they were indeed angels, I'll let you decide. But the man said, why do you laugh? Well, now she's busted. She's like, oh, no, see, what happened was I wasn't really laughing about that. See, I just remembered this funny thing that was going on. (laughs) No, she laughed. Maybe like some of you have coming into service. And God's trying to speak a word and you're like, right. (laughs) That'll happen. (laughs) Listen, don't think she's the oddball. We do it sometimes, too. I want to make a statement here, and and I pray to God that this resonates on the inside of you. So if you're taking notes, this is a good one to write down, but listen, the way you judge God determines what you receive from him. The way you judge God will determine what you receive from him. The interesting part about that word judge, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Greek version of this. But listen, it means this, to consider, to suppose, to esteem, and to regard. Let me give you context. In the Greek, it paints a courtroom setting with an actual judge, with a plaintiff and defendant, and a jury. And what happens in that courtroom setting? There's evidence being presented to either validate something or to discredit something and there is a judgment or a ruling so what's going on with this word is this is Sarah all of a sudden makes a ruling in her heart based off of evidence and she's sitting there saying you know what there was that one time, you know, I, I, yeah, I know I laugh, but man, there was that one time that we needed this and God totally came through. And you know what? There was this other time where we needed God's help and his provision and his protection and he came through there. And then there was this other time where he did this miraculous thing and did this. And now all of a sudden, you know what? God can do this too. Amen. Man, God has been faithful. He was faithful here and he was faithful over there and faithful over there. God can do this too. Listen, it, it's okay if it starts out a laugh. It's just not okay if it stays there. Amen. Amen. She started to judge, listen, and make a ruling in her heart. Listen, again, we all know the Christian things to say and do. But listen, how you judge in your heart will guide and eventually be how you walk out your steps going forward. I don't care what you say, the ruling of your heart will be the final say in the path that you walk. So this girl, listen, starts to make a ruling in her heart. Man, God's dependable. He did this for us. God's faithful. He did that for us. Man, God can do that. Man, he he was the one that that opened up the the heavens and brought the flood. He was the one that with a a blast of wind took it away. He was the one that parted seas, and, and he was the one. And man, if God can do that, God can do this too. God can do it. And she began to judge Him, she began to recount and recall all the times that he was faithful. But then, as a judge, made a ruling in her heart. How you judge God will determine what you receive from him. Man, I want you to chew on that. So whatever it is on a heart level that you're making a ruling on. Now listen to me. Who knows best? Do your parents know best? Do you personally think you know best? Because whatever your judgment is on a heart level will depend on what you receive. So listen, there are some people that don't even think God exists. So of course... They're not going to receive anything. But there are some that think, you know what? Well, God's just kind of selective. You know, he he only, you know, as long as you're a minister, like he'll do it for you if you're like a pastor or something. But he won't do it for me. I mean, I just come and I just sit on a Sunday. Be careful. Because what the ruling of your heart is will now determine what you receive. Oh, you know what? You know what, Pastor? Um. You know, I I tried that tithing thing, and, you know, I I gave, and the reality was, man, my car broke down that week, and I ended up just paying tons of money. I, I don't think that tithing thing works. Whatever the ruling of your heart is, that'll determine what you receive from God. So listen again, it can start out with a laugh. And and can we all agree that laugh meant you're out of your mind, you're crazy. Now, she didn't say those words, but can we agree that laugh was kind of like not in a million years. Uh Uh-uh, I think I have. It would take a supernatural miracle for that to happen. You know, it's a good thing I happen to know the right person for that. But listen, what the ruling of your heart is, that'll determine. Now, can I also tell you this? Satan wants to make sure, again, because this is an open courtroom, so he wants to make sure that he throws in his two cents of of an argument against. And so it's, it's things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, you remember that time? I mean, you gave towards that one thing, and, man, your car broke down, and your water pipe broke, and this happened and that happened. Forget that giving business. Oh, and you remember that one time you took communion at church and pastor talked about all those people that got healed and, and you spent that last week you had to call out from work because you were sick and as a matter of fact, you ended up having to go to urgent care. You spent a hundred bucks to walk through the door and another hundred bucks for what they prescribed. That, that, that healing stuff don't work. However you judge him, whatever ruling you make in your heart will determine what you receive from him. See, Satan wants to make sure he throws his arguments in there because, listen, I don't know if you pay much attention to like the the whole courtroom procession, but they tell you if there's a reasonable doubt, if there's a reasonable doubt, then you can't rule in favor of. So what does Satan want to do? He wants to make sure he tries to put some reasonable doubt. In your heart. Well, you've been trying to get pregnant for years and it just ain't happening because your husband's shooting blanks. Be careful. What kind of ruling you make in your heart will determine what you receive. Who knows best? Do you know best? Because listen, the majority of us, we won't say it, but that's just kind of That's just kind of us. We do something because we think it's in our best interest. And we'll make decisions in our marriage. We'll make decisions in our family. We will make decisions because of what we think we know best. But I want to challenge you. Does God know best even above you? Does God know best or do you? Do other people know best? Do other family members know best or do you? Man, I want you to chew on it. I'm going I'm to kind of get in your kitchen today. I hope you don't mind. But I need you to really think this through and chew on this because, man, this is really important. Because whatever ruling you make on a heart level will determine what you're going to receive from him. Are you with me this morning? So, again, you can have all the right answers in your head. And you can know the right Christianese words to speak. But if you've made a ruling in your heart, the reality is that's going to end up being what you receive. Are you with me? But listen, when you judge God faithful, oh, when you judge God faithful. I don't care what the circumstances look like. I don't care what the history books look like. I don't care what your experience has been like. When you judge God faithful because you see it and you know he's promised you and a resoluteness comes on the inside of you and a faithfulness starts to well up on the inside of you and a complete trust and faithfulness that my God will come through. Man, when that happens, strength comes. Strength shows up. And I don't care if this little thing happens or that little thing happens. I don't get caught up in that anymore because I believe and I trust that this thing is explosive. There's power in it. And can I tell you, dynamite ain't quiet. It's loud. Pastor, calm it down. No, the reality is that kind of power Is explosive. And can I tell you this? It's also contagious. Man, you get somebody that is ready to put their flag in the sand and not move off of it. And somebody that can trust and believe that no matter hell or high water, my God's coming through. I want to hang out with that person. And not just one person standing. Now there's two people standing. It's contagious. Because my God is faithful. Now, I know we can all agree. Sometimes it's not in our timing. And sometimes it doesn't happen the way I think it should. And sometimes I wish it would have taken place like this. But I can tell you this He has never one time let me down. He's never one time, not one time, has He failed. Ever. And I judge Him faithful. Man. God is faithful. But can I also tell you this? Again, man, that kind of strength, man, it'll help you to rise where others fall. That kind of strength will help you do what others won't. That kind of strength will help you to stand in the face of just crazy odds. That kind of strength will help you to overcome a long season But can I also tell you, man, again, when it feels like I'm just getting hit with the right so many times that I start begging for the left and it just feels like I'm just getting just blasted. When I lose that resoluteness is when I become a punching bag. And instead of dishing it out, I just am the one that ends up taking it all the time. And I'm I'm telling you what, I am sick and tired of the men and women of God being punching bags. I'm tired of that. But listen, we got to move past the Christianese garbage and really understand what is the ruling of my heart. Because if I'm not honest about that, then by default... I will always think I know best. And I'll make decisions based off of what I think is best, not necessarily what he knows is best. And I I do it by default. I, I don't even mean to. My God is faithful. Romans 3, 4 says this. Let God be true and every man a liar as it is written that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. See, I don't know if you guys like watch those court, uh, you know, deals where you know murder made me famous and all those kind of things. I kind of like that. Just watching the whole courtroom play out. But do you understand the job of the Supreme Court? Their job is to look in on the lower court and make sure the lower court has made a right decision. And I want you to know. All they're doing naturally is mimicking what he's done throughout eternity. And that's to look down and make sure that the judgments that this judge has made are correct. And if not, he adjusts the ruling on our behalf. Same thing that the natural Supreme Court does. You can appeal up and they can look into it and say, you know what, that was justified, it's correct, and it's a right ruling. Or they can come back and say, you know what, that needs to be adjusted. And you may be here this morning again, and you may kind of laughed. I'm just going to crack the lid on this, but what I want us to talk about is who knows best about your finances. And again, we could pick a myriad of subjects, but who knows best about your finances? Because listen, the scripture is very clear. Wherever my treasure is, that's where my heart is. And really, that's the whole epicenter of it all. What kind of ruling have you made in your heart about the trustworthiness of God as it pertains to your finances? That's why I said, don't be too quick to say that God knows best. Because if he does, you just incriminated yourself in the court of law to say you know best, but I'm still not going to do it. Does God know best as it pertains to your finances? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And I want us to talk about it. And I I knew we were just going to pop the top on this bottle. But I really want you to begin to think through in every area of your life. Man, who knows best? Does God know best about my marriage? Does God know best, even though I'm a single parent, on how to raise my kids? Does God know best as it pertains to the health of my body? Does God know best as it pertains to me dealing with my finances? Does God know best? And listen, that is a decision that you have to make from a heart level. But listen, whatever decision you make, that will be the steps that you follow.